I want to continue with uh, coming from the break uh, because uh, we were involved in uh, um, with with Joe uh, the, here uh, in the um, the new grads uh, program to give them some skills before they actually step uh, out of uni and go into the workforce, as it were. And um, one of them, uh, one of the uh, I learned from uh, from Joe is that uh, when people uh, they want to have a break, they desperately wanted a break. And they actually say to the, their boss, who is who never takes a break, uh, to say that I'm going for my self-care break. That's why I used the term self-care break, you know, earlier on, because you know people can't argue that you want to care for yourself and you want to have a break. So self-care break, bring those self-care breaks back, yeah, because uh, they they're there for a reason. And um, yeah, there are many reasons, of course. Uh, looking after yourself is the, uh, as we were talking about, is number one. I've got this diagram here. And this diagram here is, um, well, you might think, well, what is this? Well, what happened is that, um, did you know that, uh, well, let, let me just clarify those two divisions. This is, we, there is only a 10%, this is our consciousness, a 10%, so you are now awake, you are participating, you're interacting. That is 10, well, this 10% when we're awake and, and conscious, as it were. So that re represents our consciousness. Now, um, the, as you can see, that is only a small part. There is 90% in our subconscious that is the storage of many, many, many things. And did you also know that um, constantly we have a lot of information coming our way in your awakened state? And so let's say that I just put this in, there are a lot of information as it were. Now in a branch of psychology called neuro-linguistic programming, which is short for, uh, the short uh, term is the, the NLP is called, some of you might have heard of that branch of psychology. And what it says here is that at any one time, we can only remember seven things plus or minus one. So you say to yourself, cracky, there are certainly more than seven things I have to remember here. Right? And sometimes when we are so congested and have such a full mind and all we hear is actually noise. That's all we hear. Right? We can't discern the, 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 the noise or the, from our head to any other information is coming our way. So if that is the case, if that is the case, how can we increase our capacity to remember things, to actually be able to recall things? Now, this is where bricks come in. So just imagine this, um, where's my pen, here we go. When we have a break, now when I talk about a break, just take note of that word break. It's not as though that you're saying to your staff, I'm going for my coffee break now. You go to the kitchen, make a cup of coffee, you go and sit down at your desk, and you started doing the roster. That's not a break, right? A break is breaking away from your work. Some people, they, if you have an outside area uh, in your workplace, you just go out there for, for uh, uh, 10, 15 minutes, read a book, listen to some um, uh, 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 relaxation music, or do a bit of meditation. If you just close your eyes for a bit, clear your mind, just let your mind be as, as clear as the sky, as the blue sky, which is the actual nature of the mind. But you can do anything, or just read a little chapter of or your favorite book or something like that. That is a break. So we must remember, a break is a breaking away from what you were doing. So if you, when you have your break, and what happened to this information is that it has time to actually go down to the subconscious, where there is a big 
area for storage and for your retrieval. Now, in this uh, area here, we also have a lot of memory hooks, past experience and whatever it might be, and uh, that will help you uh, in remembering things. It's all stored in your subconscious. When you have a break, that information from your conscious consciousness will actually have a chance to simmer down and it will hold on to, you know, make contact with the memory hoax, right? They just let onto the latch onto the memory hoax. And then you will you would appreciate then the there will be no effort because it's integrated. So whatever information coming down will be totally integrated. So there is no effort in terms of, in terms of remembering the information because it's all integrated. Yeah? And also, too, the recall of that information is going to be very fast as well. So you know how sometimes when your brain is so congested, you say, where do I leave my key? Have I brushed my teeth? Where did I leave my car? Well, that's even worse. Yeah. So you lose, start to lose it when people say you start to lose it. Well, because that is so full. That is so full. And sometimes you might go into the shower and then suddenly you remember where your keys are because you're having a break. And even if you go to a toilet, when some of us sometimes don't even have a charm to go to a toilet, when you go to a toilet, well, solutions will come up because you're having a break. <laughs> but not to take your, your mobile phone into the toilet and then start answering calls, right? That's not a break. Yeah, so this is why that really, uh, there is a very, very good reason why we should actually have breaks. And please call them your self-care breaks. In other words, saying yes to yourself more often. Saying yes to yourself or looking after yourself, putting yourself, or saying yes to yourself. Yeah, and coming here, and I congratulate you again, and that is you are saying yes to this, to get more information about how to change. So that is what I'm trying to uh, ex explain that to you. Hey, Louise, yeah. My question was, um, if some of the information up in the 10% zone is uh, negative self-talk or crap, yes. and then it, yeah. you've allowed it to go down into the, um, the 90%, where there's all of the old history hooks that are going to take that information down and say, yeah, you are crap. How do you decode that? That is the next segment that uh, Tiffany is going to, uh, uh, to teach, and that is that how do you change that? How do you change that? Thanks that very negative nice. self-talk, as it were. Good leading up to it. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely segue. No, no, Mary no. <laughs> Mary Louise just said she wasn't paid for that either. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yep. Actually, uh, uh, there's one more thing. During the break, um, I was talking to uh, Catherine and she said to me that, you know, nurses are very good at giving advice. And she said that there was one young nurse who actually said to, uh, who said to, said to her to say that this is a new grad, a young nurse, isn't it, Catherine? A new grad, a young nurse? Yeah, that's right. And actually say to Catherine to say that, and who is looking after you? You're looking after everybody else and who is looking after you. Now, you know what? These are our future leaders. These are our, our, our future nursing leaders. We need to teach them. Oh, they are teaching us, actually, because they look after themselves. They have the professional boundary. Yeah? And uh, they, they actually are able to say no. And sometimes we don't appreciate that. 
but you know, the thing, the thing about saying no, this is the last thing, Tiffany, excuse me, and um, the um, saying no, as a, as a baby, when we just feed a baby with some, from some uh, food, what happened if they're full? <laughs> Didn't do the thing. Yeah, that's right too, that too. But before that, they do, you, you feed them with a spoon. Come on, have another mouthful. It's really nice. What do they do? They actually say no, look, look at the head. <laughs> and somehow, as we are growing up, we dearly want to do this, but we don't. We begrudgingly say, yes, okay then. You know, so that bringing back the saying no. Saying no is okay. Saying no is okay when you actually look after yourself first. But you can say no um, in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, because when you are having, you're not hungry, you're not thirsty, you're not well supported and so on, then the no coming out from you is actually, oh, that sounds nice. You know, there's not something no. It's not like that, you see. It doesn't come out that way. Come out a different way. Yep, thank you. I'm actually going to share with you <clears throat> exactly what Mary Louise was talking about, and is that it's our self-talk, the stuff that goes on in our mind, and what we're going to do with that, and how we can manage it, and how we can actually use it for good, use it for us, use it to make choices, take actions, and put ourselves in the place that we want to be. And I call this cause and effect. And this little concept, it just builds as I go, so bear with me and just allow it to unpack for you and just be in the process with me. The overarching theme of this cause and effect mindset is that we have a choice. At any given moment, we have a choice. We can choose us or we can choose something else, but we do have a choice. And so, in this place of the cause mindset, we are functional, resourceful, and sustainable. In our words, our thoughts, and our actions. And in, the place, in, this, in this place of effect, in our words, thoughts, and actions, we're dysfunctional, unresourceful, and unsustainable. And so what happens is, is that this is a mindset, this is a choice, this is what Mary Louise is talking about. What do we do with that stuff in our head? What we do with it is we make a choice about it. First we choose what it is that we want to say to ourselves, what we want to think on a consistent basis, and therefore what actions we want to take on, ba on the basis of those words and thoughts and things that are going around in our head. So before we even have to worry about whether it's going to seek out deep into our subconscious, where then therefore we may have to retrieve it or ignore it or eat a whole bag of chips to forget it or a whole box of chocolates or a whole bottle of wine, whatever it is, that we actually allow ourselves to choose first so we don't find ourselves in that place of damage control. And in that place, just getting myself a little bit more room, of the cause mindset, we find a person that is self-responsible, that is taking action, that is self-caring, putting themselves first, choosing a functional life, a resourceful life, a sustainable life through their words, thoughts and actions. The person that's in this place of effect is blaming, 
not self-responsible, is not taking action, is thinking that life just happens to me, it's somebody else's fault, there's nothing I can do about it, it's management, it's the hierarchy, it's the system, it's my husband, it's my wife, it's my friend, it's that other external thing out there that is therefore affecting my life and so therefore I think life is bad, it's terrible and I tell myself I can't, I won't, I'm not going to, life is awful and therefore the actions that I take are less than satisfactory, unsustainable, unresourceful, you know, I don't care, I give up too easily, I don't take that extra thing, I don't support somebody else, I'm very internal, I'm very, you know, negatively it's all about me in relative and um, general terms. The person that's in this cause of, uh, place of cause is choosing words that say, thank you, Robin, I can, you can do this, I can do this. You know, Robin chose to say, I can do this, and she chose to tell somebody else, you can do this. And so that actually allowed that um, patient to then feel more functional in her experience of the pain that she was in the, in the operation that she had and what she needed to get through in order to get where she needed to go in her healing and recovery. And so at any given time, we have a choice around this. So if I asked you, with what we know about these two states or these two mindsets or these two choices, if you had to live the rest of your life in one or the other, one or the other of these, which one would you choose? Right. Cause, can I have a show of hands of those that would choose cause? Great, which is overwhelmingly almost everybody. So it really just comes, this, this model applies everywhere. It applies in the workplace. It applies at home. It applies in our internal world, which is Mary, Mary Louise was saying. What do we do with that stuff? How do we not let it sink into our subconscious where we think life is bad and it's terrible? And it's also, it's relevant when we look at halts and we're asking ourselves, you know, do we stay in hunger or do we choose the broccoli? Do we stay angry or do we, you know, go for a swim, go for a run, whatever we need to do, see a professional to support ourselves into a different space so that we're back in a functional, resourceful, sustainable state rather than the effect and thinking, well, you know, it's because no one loves me or it's because, you know, some other thing, some other person, some other how. Lonely, sick, tired, it's the choices we make with our words and our thoughts and our actions that make the difference. So when we're talking about self-care, do we choose it or not? Are we choosing our words that say I'm worth it? Of course I get 10 minutes to myself every day. Of course I do. That is a given. I just do that because I choose it. Am I saying to myself, I love myself enough to take a moment. I love myself enough to do this for me. Um, and are we actually taking action on it? Do we actually sit down for the 10 minutes for our break do we put our feet up at the end of the day where it's just quiet? Whatever it is for you, everybody has their own thing that makes their heart sing. Everyone does. And the really, it's about choosing one or the other. And interestingly, if you want to look at it uh, in another way, there are many ways, if you consider that in the brain, love and fear are in different, different parts of the brain. So you can't actually be in love and fear at the same time. You can only be in one or the other because they are literally firing in different parts of the brain. And so if you look at love being on the side of cause and fear being on the side of effect, then again, you can see that choice to love ourselves or to live 
in the life of fear is actually really like they're poles apart type experiences. And we get to choose those. We get to choose our mindset about it. We get to choose how we think, speak, and act in relation to that. So knowing that, when it comes to self-care, it's like, do we choose the fear of, oh, I can't, I won't, I don't know what, I'll feel guilty if I do, or I don't know how, or some other thing, and then we find ourselves really too totally stressed out, not giving to ourselves and digging from this, you know, like, I just, I just see a rusty bowl with, like, sort of dirt on the bottom when I think of an empty well. Or are we taking ourselves into that place where we do something, we give ourselves something to begin to self-care, we're choosing that love side of the picture, if you like, that self-responsible action, caring, filling ourselves, seeing a lovely clear pool of water rather than an empty rusty bucket um, as our internal world. So I reckon if you would just like to take a moment and maybe write down a situation in your life that you're potentially experiencing now where you could change either your thoughts, your words or your actions or all three, and how that might affect that situation. I just want you to give some thought to it. And if you want to make it around self-care, then, then by all means. And that might be the appropriate, the appropriate um, scenario today. So in relation to your self-care, where are you at? And what can you do in one of these places? What choice can you make to take yourself potentially from effect into cause with one of those things? Just have a moment. I just want you to reflect on it for a little bit, if you will. Please. Anyone find themselves in a situation with their self-care where they could potentially change their words, their thoughts, their actions? And would anyone like to share about it? Um, I've been a nurse for 43 years in critical care. Um, and during that time, as you know with my son, it's been very difficult. Um, I chose to leave critical care and move into something else. It didn't help. So I've decided I took a year out of nursing and with this uh, cause and effect, um, I've decided not to buy into his depression and his anxiety and his, needs, and his needs and I'm going to take time out to say I need time for me to walk along the beach, take my dog and clear my thoughts and you're going to have to take time to think about your cause and effect. Beautiful, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Would anybody else like to share? So I have a chronic illness and chronic pain and I found out halfway through my nursing degree that I would live with this for the rest of my life. Um, I've had two surgeries for it and I have to work part time because I can't handle any more than that. Um, so uh, the other day I had, I try and live by this a cause and effect all the time and try and have a healthy mindset because I say, you know, I can't just think the worst at all times. So I try and say I am able to do things. I am, you know, but I had a really bad day. Mentally, I just couldn't deal with the fact that I was too tired to do the list of things that I had to do to make sure that my week was going to run smoothly. And in my brain I was going, saying, I'm not capable, why, you know, my life isn't worth it if I'm going to live like this for the rest of my life. And I had to really sit down and go, no, you're just having a bad day, it's not going to be like this tomorrow, you're tired, you've had a lot on this week these are the reasons why it's run up to this and you have to spend the day in bed. 
and it took a lot of sitting around and tears and talking to my partner about it and then at the end of the day I was able to say okay well I'm not going to let these words affect my day I need to find a way to do the things on my list but make a priority what is the biggest priority today that I need to get done I do those top three things and the rest can wait till tomorrow wonderful thank you thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. one more thank you yes. so much thank you I find the serenity prayer I try and say it every day and I was forgetting it so I had to write it down yes to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference yeah that has helped me, and I say it to myself, at least once a day. Fantastic. I'm it difficult. That is absolutely a cause mind, that's a you know, cause expression, it's a core, they're cause words, and definitely in a cause mindset. Yeah, wonderful, so true. And that's part of Emily, you know, what can I do today? What needs to be done? What can I leave? What can I change? Yeah, absolutely, thank you. Beautiful, thank you. Okay, so, are there any neuroscientists in the room? Any brain surgeons? Okay, phew, that's good. Because I'm going to give you my very, very untechnical, basic demonstration of how the brain works. Because when we choose one or either of those mindsets, our brain literally wires the neurons together that fire around the emotion that those words bring up. So if you say you're stupid, and you're horrible, and life is bad, and I'm never gonna get through it, and I don't know how I'm gonna cope, and I'm not worth having a break, and everyone will tell me that it's my fault, and I'm to blame, and life is awful, and I just would rather not even be here, then the neurons in your brain fire around that information. They become very strong. And I know I'm not teaching you right now anything that you don't know. There's so much research about it. Um, is it Dodge that wrote the book, The Brain That Changes Itself? Is it Dodge, I think? Um, lots and lots and lots of research. So we thought our brain couldn't change in the past and that what we got <laughs> was what we got, which is a little bit frightening. Uh, now we know that that's totally different and we can absolutely change our brain in so many ways. Not just for those that are healthy and functioning, for people that have had strokes, there are, you know, there's all sorts of work being done on it, being able to bring their function back. Fascinating. So, where those neurons are firing, they strengthen. When we begin to have other thoughts in a cause place and we say, life is okay, I can do this, it's better than I thought, I deserve having a break, that break feels so good, life is you know, much better than I ever expected, I thought those ladies were crazy but it actually does work. And you start to change your experience and your reality, then your brain actually wires and fires in that on round those feelings, the emotions that those words and experiences bring up. So let's just say, for relative terms, this place here, the first one we talked about was effect. And then the second one, those other new thoughts were cause. What happens is, is that when we've spent a lifetime in effect, for example, in gross terms, when we've spent a lot of time in that place, because life is stressful and hard and difficult, and we've all had life experience of some kind that is unpleasant. And some people experience genuinely deep trauma over a long period of time. Then when we begin to take this step out into this new place and we start to go into that cause mindset where we think differently, we speak differently, we act differently, 
it's, it may feel, and I, I'd actually, I'm going to say, you know, it just jolly well does feel very uncomfortable going from here to here. It's awkward, it's strange, it's weird. We talked about it before, we get pushback. Other people don't like it. They're like, what are you doing all that positive talk? Who do you think you are doing, you know, taking that 10 minutes for yourself? And so we get the jump or the, the you know, the, the transition from here to here can feel awkward for you and potentially for others. But the more you come into this place of cause, then the more your life will change in the direction that you want to. The more you choose yourself for self-care, the more you do the skydive, eat the chocolates, put the lipstick on, then the more you have those feelings that feel good and then your brain will start to wire around that. And they literally, as they know now, the old stuff, starts to get undone, it starts to loosen, it loses its charge, if you like, and then we begin to fire around new experiences, new words, new thoughts, and new actions. So if you keep in mind that that's what your brain's doing, then it, I think it's pertinent to understand that in that place that we have a choice, we can do something about it. And it is literally only the choice that we make and the action that we take that makes us and puts us into a place where we want to be caring for ourselves, loving ourselves, self-caring the way that we want to. So just know that your brain's working like that, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. And if you don't focus, I teach another, um, I teach another tool around you know, what you focus on is what you experience. Your brain literally will give you more of what you focus on. So if you focus in effect, then your brain just assumes without any discerning that that is what you want to experience more of in order to sustain your life and it will give you more of that to see. If you focus here in cause, then your brain will literally give you more of those experiences in your external experience um, because it assumes that that is what um, you need to survive and sustain your existence. If you want to look at the research, it's called the reticular activating system, or as I affectionately call it, the RAS, because that is much easier to say. And it, it's in the base of your brainstem, that, that part that discerns all of the information that comes in at you. So it'll give you one or the other. And if you don't focus, it'll probably just give you a whole bunch of white noise, which is why sometimes life feels like chaos. And you don't know whether you're Arthur or Martha. Yeah. So understand that's how your brain works. Recognize that only, only, only each of us as individuals can make that choice. No one can do it for us, only we can. Some people might say, be careful what you ask for. Yeah, because you'll get it, right? Because um, um, whatever that you, you focus on in terms of with your RAS, that will be your experience. So the choices, you know, we're talking about choices, then we choose, we choose again. If it doesn't work for us, choose another. Choose another and choose something that is positive and it will serve you. Because whatever, what, whatever, what is, what is actually saying here, whatever you choose has to be functional, has to serve you, has to serve you and your life. So it has to be functional to you, put you into a resourceful state rather than getting stuck and getting the same result because we're doing the same thing and getting the same result. And of course, it's sustainable, particularly sustainable in terms of energy, your vitality and your health and your health and well-being. So whatever you choose to do needs to meet those three criteria um, and um, then you know you have made the right choice. Then the more the you choice. deliberately choose, and that has to be a deliberate thing, rather than just being complacent and going to the habit of 
of uh, being in effect, then as soon as you, you got to catch yourself out. And in actual fact, uh, we're, we're currently doing, uh, working with a, a, a big organization, HK organization, and our job is to, is to actually turn the culture around from a very, very negative, destructive culture into a positive culture. And um, the, um, uh, one of, the, one of the, uh, um, uh, the facilities in that group and the director of care, she's uh, actually more than that, yeah, she's the director of care, but she's actually in charge of the whole, you know, a whole lot of regional stuff as well. And she actually partner with someone in that organization and they just work, deliberately work on this choosing between cause and effect. So when she, the clue is this, when she goes into effect, her partner, her work partner will say to you, or her buddy will say, you're in effect, go into course. So she did, she will change. So it is actually worthwhile for you to find a buddy, teach them about cause and effect, and get them to be your, um, your, your accountability buddy, accountability buddy and, uh, and actually catch you from uh, going down and thinking negative thoughts and taking negative yeah. action, then you say that you're in effect, right? Go into course then straight away because it takes time for this for the new neural pathway to form yeah. but rest assured it will form into a new habit for you yeah yeah this works beautifully in relationships at home as well perfectly at work anytime you're in interacting with somebody else maintaining this place is yeah is really can be quite life-changing. I, when I first heard this, I thought my whole world had changed. I thought, wow, this is just something else. And I heard it in different ways. When I heard it like this, I was like, I get it. I totally get this. I see it. Yeah. 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 So if I could ask you to um, go back to that scenario whereby you said that, well, look, I, I might have been in effect, but now I'm in course, and this is what I'm going to do. This is, will be my new action, as it were, to go into course, and then actually think further than, the, than that, and that is that what will be the consequence of choosing this course solution? What will be the consequence? The well, how would I feel when I actually get a different result? How would I feel? Just write that down, please. Let us know that you don't have to tell us anything about what it, what, what it is and how you get it to cause, but all we want to do is to um, ask you how you feel with a new outcome or the potential new outcome or the new consequence because you have chosen a new action based on cause. I'm excited and empowered. Great, beautiful, thank you. Excited and empowered, wow. It, any action you take to change, uh, to make the mindset cause have to be positive or negative. Maybe it can be like, what's it say, very exciting change, but you have to repair for that negative effect as well. Um, yes, you, you, but you have changed your state, right? The state yep. is, is that you have, you have actually taken back your power. You see that? You have taken back your personal power rather than at the effect of other people. And when you feel excited and, uh, and feel uh, elated or feel happy or feel just calm, for example, that you are going up the emotional um, uh, GPS, what I call it. You are actually in a higher high emotional uh, scale, uh, and with that, um, a high emotional, let's say, I feel happier. And if you feel happier in that happier space, then it will create more positive thought. Right? But if you're in the sad and sorrowful and powerless state, 
then in that, in that area of that uh, emotions will generate negative thoughts. Can you see that? So in, in the emotional intelligence, for example, you identify how you feel when you have that potential consequence because you have changed and therefore give you a different result or different outcome or different consequence. And in that space, you identify how do I feel about it. And if I feel excited about it, I feel powerful again. And uh, then from it, you are in that uh, emotional state and in emotional state, it will generate more, more cause decisions. And that's emotional intelligence. Yeah? So when you are here, it will generate thoughts that Perfect. you might not want. Here, it would de definitely, you're in the best position to generate thoughts that you do want. And that, that's how it goes. This is why we said that it's so important that you go here and make it into a habit. Yeah? Because that habit will give rise to this and when you are in this, then you will feel differently. You will feel better. This is a better feeling space. And in a better feeling space, you will generate better thoughts. So then you are putting yourself in course all the time then in the end because it's a habit. Sure, you're aware that some, there might be some kickbacks. We already warned you about that and you know that. But when you are, when you are strong enough here, it's your, your memory will lock onto that rather than that. And in the end, that will disperse because you're rewriting your own script. Which is exactly what Emily just said to us. Yeah. She experiences something that's difficult every day and uh, some consequence, you know, doing too many things, lots of, and she found herself in this place. But then she was like, actually, no, I don't want to spend my life there. I don't want to spend mm. moments there if I don't have to. Yeah. So, the, you know, the truth is life is tough at times. There's no question of that. No one's saying that that's not the case. The point is, is that, like Emily, we can change our mindset. Yep. And what she did was she took herself back into cause, and I can only, I'm guessing that you felt a bit better. Yeah, she felt better. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. And in that better feeling space, you will generate more thoughts. Actually, right? not a, more, more thoughts, thoughts as well. And also yes. started to look at some other strategies around how you're going to manage the situation in the future. So you gave yourself some more clarity of mind. We're able to make some other different decisions, some more sustainable, resourceful, functional, so that you can manage the situation as opposed to finding yourself too low, maybe, or too high. Is that something like that, Emily? I was telling myself I was incapable of something. So I sat down and went, okay, what am I capable of doing today? What can get done? And that made you feel better because it's, you don't feel like a failure. You got something done. Yeah. Even it was just getting out of bed and, br bed and brushing my teeth. That was doing something. Perfect. Rather than living in the effect that is a spiral. It just spirals you down and down and down and down. Yeah. You try so hard to live in the cause and do good things for yourself but it's okay to have a bad day every now and then. And that's Definitely. what everyone shouldn't kick yourself up about. It's human. Absolutely. Well said, very well, thank you. Making that conscious choice is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you okay with that so far? So far so good? Yeah? Okay. Now we're going to actually look at the, um, well, look. <laughs> Beware emotional hijack. Now, uh, can I just tell you, <laughs> this is here, when we are in effect, then we're more likely to be hijacked by our own emotions or by other people's emotions. 
you know, talking about emotions and emotional hijack, and um, we all have emotional baggage. You know, you hear about, thank you, we hear about people with um, emotional baggage, you know, and uh, we all have emotional baggage simply because we all lived. And uh, we all come across a lot of life experience we, which might not as desirable. So we collect some negative stuff as well. Now, when you go on the aircraft and they say that um, you carry your hand luggage, how many kilos? Seven. Seven kilos, right? We don't want to overweight that. We, in fact, want to reduce that if possible, not overweight, uh, overweight on that. Um, because sometimes you might be in a heavy state, you just have, um, have for two weeks in Fiji lying around the pool just sleeping and eating good food and reading and so on and have time for yourself. You come to work, you're energized, you're happy and you say, good morning everyone, good morning, good morning. And then people are not smiling at you and some of them just mm. And some people will say, well, what's, what's such a good morning, right? It's about to rain. Well, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? Look, the sun is shining, yes, but it's cold in the mornings. And they said it's going to rain. And in fact, we actually need rain. But do you guess what? I've just put my washing out. Huh? Huh? Yeah? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there are people who actually constantly, they don't even know that they've got a so, such a heavy weight of baggage on their back. And whatever, it doesn't matter what you say to them, they basically dump their baggage on you, don't they? Yeah, I see some nodding of heads. So let's say that Here's my baggage, right? But what I do is I'm aware that I have baggage. I know that I have to disperse some of the stuff. Now I'm learning about cause and effect and I'm determined to change my habit into cause. But I do know I have worked with people who are not, haven't learned the stuff or they, um, for whatever reason, didn't, didn't go there, right? So I carry my baggage, but I'm aware of it and I carry it in my bag. Now the people, some people, they actually carry their baggage and they actually add on, can I carry, carry this as well, please? Oh God, I'm a bag lady now. And um, where is it, I'm gonna carry that as well, please. Oh God. So every time when this person is saying to me, what's so good about the morning? I'm basically, it's, if I'm that negative person, I'm basically dumping and putting down my baggage in front of that person. Yeah, so let's say you're the positive person. You'll say, good morning, lovely day. And she's saying, oh, it's heavy. What's so good about it? And from that point, I'm being the negative person. I'm gonna speak, take my action and my, my words through my baggage, right? So you're gonna wear it. Now, if you are hungry, thirsty, you're feeling unsupported, lonely, and not, and feeling exhausted, it's very likely you're in that vulnerable position whereby that you're going to pick up the baggage. Always someone like that in the workforce, and you yeah. can actually say, like I would say to my friend, oh, now just, just stop and listen to how miserable she really is. And you can turn it around, and there's always somebody that well, you work with. If you're going to say that to me, I just find somebody else. <laughs> oh, God, I found somebody else. You know, there are a lot of people around here. I can find my God, you know. Yeah, oh God. So I will carry my baggage. My baggage is getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Not only that I want to drag other people in, because you know what? If I can just, just got one people on my side, then I'm winning, you know, because then it just confirms that it is a miserable world. 
and let's collect other people's packages and also make them heavy as well. So sometimes in the morning you go to work and you feel that tension around in the air. You feel this that sense of heaviness. Where does it come from? Because everyone is being drained as a result of perhaps just one people, one person or two people, or they're usually in the minority, but by God they're powerful. By God they're powerful because they have this heavy energy to drain everybody else. Beware of that because that is a victim mentality, right? The world has done me wrong. Everything bad is happening to me. That's self-talk, that's a fact. So it doesn't matter whether it's in truth, in its true sense, that something ghastly is happening to them or not. They are in that effect. Because also too, guess what? If I train enough people, I'm gonna have a lot of friends. I'm gonna have my little talk group here, yeah? But beware of that. That's the thing about it. Oh, see. Um, I have to give you back your baggage, I'm afraid. We'll yeah, give I'm your handbags right. back now. Now, then, thank you. The thing about it is that when you come across people like that, just visualize that their baggage in the front, they talk through their baggage, but that is actually not them. There is an intrinsic goodness in all of us, right? So what you do is that you don't talk to Dot through the baggage. You talk to Dot, you talk, talk to Dot as Dot, as the person. You don't buy into that. You are aware of it. You're aware that I'm a negative person, that I will actually use. I, I, you see, the thing is that I didn't know, I don't know that I'm negative. That is, I've been doing that all my life. I actually come from a family who only, know, who only knows that sort of talk and dialogue and so on. I don't know any better. But if somebody is not on the same wavelength, that is, they don't put their baggage in front of them and so on, then they're not my friends. And there are plenty of people I can make friends with. But you talk to me, person to person, adult to adult. You talk to me as, well, it's, that's too bad. Well, if your washing is out, well, I'm sure you can do something when you get home or whatever it is. Or you can just say that, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that you put your washing out, you know? Then you're not actually buying into it. Do you see what's happened? Buy into it? Because if I do buy into it, this is not what's gonna happen. And then I get emotionally hijacked. Tiffany. I just wanted, I just wanted to say, it doesn't, you may find yourself as the person with the baggage at the front. You might have 32 kilos of first-class baggage and you may find yourself, that's you, you may see that. And we've worked with groups and had people come up to us and say, oh my goodness, I'm actually the person with the baggage. And we're like, that's okay, you can put your baggage down, it's okay. Or you might find yourself uh, as the person, you know, who's on the end of that baggage, somebody else's first-class 32 kilo baggage. Either way, your self-care is important because if you've got the baggage, as a self-care strategy, the one uh, probably being angry, those angry, frustrated, up to here with emotions type experiences, that's something to remedy in order for you to be able to be in a place to self-care. And if you're the person that's on the end of somebody else's baggage, it's that place of self-care, it's that place of resilience, um, it's that place of feeling very strong and confident in yourself that will allow you to deal with and work with somebody that has first-class baggage. Because if you don't have a level of self-care and someone comes at you with that, then Dot's going to explain what's going to happen to you, potentially, um, and why that will then take you down a different path into that place of effect that you really 
ultimately don't want to go and certainly long term you won't want to be in. So either way, if you've got the baggage or you're on the end of somebody else's baggage, your self-care is essential so that you can, you're either managing it and reducing it and getting down to seven kilos of carry-on behind you or you're able to deal with whatever is in front of you. I believe that you already, um, you, you, you probably know what is going to happen, you know, if we have a lot of baggage on board, as it were. And uh, so I'm just going to draw this um, so I can just explain it a little bit more. Um, oh, actually, I'm going to better put some eyes on. <laughs> um, okay, and then the ears. Okay, if, um, and this person uh, who has got, uh, or anybody who has got um, the, uh, the emotional baggage, they also have a lot of scars here, and they are called the emotional buttons, right? And uh, the, some buttons are small, some buttons are big, and so on and so forth. Now, um, how, do, how, how do some small ones get into, you know, bigger size? It's because when they are unhappy, an unhappy person will tell at least how many people? <laughs> anyone, anyone, yeah. But at least 10 people is what, what they say, you know. If I am unhappy, I will tell at least 10 people. So in other words, that I am repeating the same sad stories every time. Now, what am I doing here with my neural pathway? If I'm doing that, where am I? Effect. Yeah, effect. I'm actually reinforcing that, am I? That old pattern, that old pathway, with no insight to, uh, to, uh, to do it any other way. And so, when they talked about, uh, or talk about the grievances to, to other people and repeatedly being unfairly treated and, and really feel victimized, as it were, those buttons are going to be bigger. That's why some people have got huge buttons, and then you just have to brush through them or look at them sideways. They think that you are pressing their buttons. <laughs> you know somebody like that? Yeah, yeah, they've got huge buttons, but they're actually not aware of that, right? So these buttons, and sometimes, and sometimes they actually, in their mind, because they're in the, and in the effect mindset, what happens is that their mind will create things, unhappy things, from the past, then f therefore they're actually pushing their own buttons, you see? So their buttons are, 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 are big, and uh, they, it's going in front of them. So people just brush past them. They were, but but they, they also press their own buttons because they repeat the same sad stories, you see? They're pressing their own buttons and stay firmly in effect. That is something that they might not realize. So we, we have compassion with these people. So we can't change the other person. But what we need to do is aware that some people have baggages and they put their baggage in the front, they talk through their baggage, but we, we want to circum, uh, what you call it, circumvent that, and actually talk to the person, right? And um, because the effect is devastating. The, one of the effects then, just have a look, that if these buttons are uh, pushed, I need a red pen. So if these buttons are pushed, I'm going to make it into graphic, and uh, there, is this, the, the, there are emotional bubbles coming up. So I'm going to write, put this as emotional bubbles. Now, one of the first thing to go in in this scenario is what? Hearing. Hearing. They actually can't hear, right? Because when the buttons are pushed, the bubbles go coming up, and um, that's the first thing to go, and that is they can't hear. There is no there is no such thing as listening. Well, the first thing to go is they can't, they can't listen. 
And of course, bubbles, as they, uh, bubbles, um, work, um, bubbles work, they continue to rise. So what's happening here, look? Yeah, they, they can't see, that's right. They lose sight of the big picture. They get cranky, they didn't, they, they, let's say in a, an example in the work situation is they are losing sight of what they're there for. They lose sight of the big picture. All they can see is that, you know, they choose to see that um, nothing works. That person is lazy, always sitting around, you know, using the mobile phone, whatever, whatever it might be. There will always be, be, a, be, be one of those issues. So they actually lose sight, they can't see. Because when somebody is stressed, all they can see is what, their world start to close down, and they, all they see is what's in front of them, becomes a tunnel vision, you know that? That's what, how, how we see that people are in tunnel vision, because yeah, everything starts to close down on them. And there's more, because the bubble will continue to rise, and what happened up here, look? Yeah, can't think. So when, when we cannot think, we can't see, we can't hear, what this person would do is they react. They react. Now, in this react, I'm deliberately separating those two words because the person in their action will be acting repeatedly, repeatedly the same way. It's like a, a knee jerk, repeatedly. Now, every action we take would go to the memory bank and be stored there and then when a similar situation comes up, they kick again without thinking. So that is further reinforcing what? Okay. So here it is, they are actually um, confirming, definitely I'm a victim, everybody's against me. Look, even, even the sun is against me. It has to rain, and then when it's not enough rain, well, that we haven't had rain for a long time, I have to water the garden. More work. So that is acting repeatedly, because every action we take goes to the memory bank to reinforce whatever we choose it to reinforce. So once again, that even make it even, even more pertinent to choose that and make that go into the memory bank. Yeah, feel better, feel better. Feel better will give you better thoughts, and so on and so forth. So what we, what we need, really need is, uh, is another R word. What's the other R word that I need? Respond, yeah. I need to actually uh, increase my response ability. Right? I need to increase that. And that is I want to increase my ability to respond to every situation. Because anything that is external of me is situation. It's a situation. Um, one of my uh, um, friends, uh, who is uh, a police sergeant, and she taught me that. She said when there is a fight or whatever it is, and she was on, on street duty, and she will pick up the phone and she said, I'm, uh, I, need I need backup because I have a situation here. So in straight away, it's like we, uh, she put a frame around that, right? It's not the whole life, you know, when I walk down the street as a police officer, you know, my whole life, every time I, I just meet, I just meet my, my, whole, my whole police life is full of trouble and full of uh, nasty people that I have to deal with. She didn't. She didn't say that. She said, I need backup because I have a situation here. 
So what I ask you to do is you change that language because Tiffany mentioned about changing your word, changing your language. That's one of the, the most important parts, and that is that what you say to yourself, you believe in it. So when you say, I've got a situation here, which is external of me, but I can go to what are some of the strategies that I can use. Um, am I so vulnerable that I, I, th I thought to myself, I need to have 10 minutes rest, close my eyes or whatever it is, then I can think better. Do I look after myself in that way so that I can have new thoughts coming through to help me to deal with this situation? So we actually um, um, put a frame on different things that we have to deal with in the daily life with a personal professional. We say this is a situation and we deal with each situation and come up with a solution separately rather than thinking that my whole life is full of chaos one after another. You see that? Right? That's one of the most effective strategies if we were to do that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so. I'm wondering if anyone would like to make some suggestions as to how this person would be if they put some self-care strategies into place. Mm. What's it going to do? What, if that person starts to address, with, you know, not knowing quite what's got them in this bubble bath all on their own, if they were addressing their hunger, they're addressing these feelings, addressing the situation that was actually underneath this, what do you think would happen? Respect. Ah, yes. Well, the respect, if you can respect yourself, yeah. you're going to be looking after all your factors there yes. in your home. Yes. And the reason I mention this is because I would do all this when I used to work in mental health. Right? I used to be a mental health nurse for many years. And that's a lot of the things we teach because a lot of patients come in with trauma-informed care. We need to be aware of their traumas and their triggers. Yes. And once you sift through all of this, that comes down to respecting themselves. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Did you all hear that? Self-respect, number one. Yes, yes, because if you have the self-respect, then we go back to saying yes to yourself first. Yes. Saying yes to yourself and then first. And others will respect you as well. Exactly, so yeah. Thank you. So what I will do, if it's okay, or is that, you know, I would be writing the word respect here in cause, because the word responsible, that self-responsibility, also is in a cause place and respect is definitely in a cause place. So I'll write it up so we have it for later. Yeah, thank you, Lloyd, so true, very yeah. much so. Because really, it is our choice, it's our responsibility and it is our, the level of respect that we decide we're going to have for ourselves that drives our self-care, determines the actions, our words, our thoughts. And so that person that's in that bubble head space or in a bubble bath all by themselves, that doesn't look very fun to me is really lacking self-respect, the opportunity to self-care, to give themselves what, what they need. You know, it, if anybody else feels like raising their hand and, and, you know, fessing up to having been in that state, I can absolutely say that I've been in that state. I don't know if I'm the only one in the room again. I know it was my libido on the line before, but, um, you know, I'm out there, I'm with it. So, and I, and I totally value what you're saying. It was when I, when I made some choices around respect, being more responsible, finding out what I needed, beginning to address these things. The more I did that, the more I grew my self-respect and obviously increased my self-care and I've and made lots of changes in my life. But I can absolutely say, and I imagine most people in the room have had some kind of an experience like this. So definitely going back to our choices, words and thoughts takes us into that place where we can create something different. Dealt with people like this that are quite negative to the point where 
you can't you have to remove yourself either temporarily or permanently from them because you can't change their attitude so for your own self-preservation you just have to go for your you own self-respect best yeah and yeah, just absolutely. it's just too they're, they're just so negative they're so down it's exhausting yeah and to to for your own mental health I have to say you know you just have to hide from them or not associate with them or back away or just totally remove yourself. Yeah, yeah. And that's that, the only way you can cope. Yeah, that's a good strategy. Which is self-care self yeah. and self-respect. Yeah, no. no. That's self-care and respect yeah. in action and self-respect. So Linda's asking me, how do I manage a person like that? So who has the friend or the person, I'm not sure I'd call them a friend, who has the person in their life that is on the other end of the phone and they're just blah, 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 life is bad, you hear about that person and you know about that thing and how the sun's not shining and the light. Does anybody, does anybody know, had that experience? Does anybody, is everyone wondering, oh my goodness, other than just putting the phone down, what am I going to do about this? Does anybody have that question? I've got a friend, a long-term friend, and I don't want to lose her as a friend, but I just limit the amount of time I spend with her. Maybe just morning coffee, not, not, not a whole evening. And that tends to work. Thanks, Elizabeth. And I really value that you Excellent. want to keep this person as your friend. So could I make a suggestion, potentially? Because this is how I deal with a person that's like that. Um, and that is, is I ask them an enabling questions. So rather than nodding and smiling for two hours about something that I can't do anything about and this person is not wanting to be responsible about, I ask them, what would you like to do about that? How do you think you could change that? When do you think you might like to take action on that? Who could help you with that? And where do you think you get some support from? I'll write the questions up and I'll put them on a piece of paper. This is another lesson for another day. I'll pop them up there and you can begin to look at what enabling questions are and how you can use them. Because I guarantee you, when you start asking that type of a person those types of a question, those types of questions, rather, then it actually makes them think and mostly they don't necessarily want to think they just want to vent and so as a self-respect and self-responsible measure self-care measure my time is precious I've only got as much time as I've got as anybody of any of us do on the planet so I'm very uh, careful about where I spend my time and what I do with it because to me it's like incredibly precious so a two-hour conversation like that, for example, for me isn't okay. And so I'm happy to ask them those questions. And if they want to answer them, I'm so happy to support them in finding solutions to their problems, if you like. And if they don't want to find a solution to the problem, that's okay with me. I'm okay with that too. Um, but I would be actually not asking any... Like, I wouldn't be continuing the conversation or the friendship if that was what I would call it. And I'm not talking about your situation, Elizabeth. But I'm wondering if maybe you could have a look at that and ask some questions and maybe actually support this person to go from, let's just say, effect to cause. Because ultimately, you know, well potentially, let's just say potentially there's a better experience for that person on the other side. Not that I'm here to change anybody else, but for me, my time, my precious, my self-care self says that, um, yeah, I respect myself enough to put myself first. I value what you're saying. I just, um, I'm sure I'm speaking for other people in this room too. Some of us have, yes, maybe I am. Some, some of us, myself, have a family that you do ask these questions, and I'm, I'm choosing to stay with my 
unhealthy family relationships because otherwise the effect is I'd have no family or I have continued time out, you know, all these self-care strategies because I'm aware of the bubbles and I'm aware of all of those things. But I'm also making a choice to actually continue having a relationship. But I'm also making choices what's healthy, what's not healthy. And, you know, I walk away and go, okay, time limit. This, you know, you, know, you pick up strategies that work for you. The reality is we work in a working place that we've got lots of, lots of those things that can trigger us as well. Um, but we also also have our family, our relationships in our life that have, you know, ongoing, can be traumatic and often trigger you. So it's, it's you can't just walk away from some, some things. You c- well, you can. You can make a choice. You're making a choice. I'm making a choice. I'm staying here. Maybe not healthy for me sometimes, but I'm making a choice. And I think that's the thing. Um, please, because um, it's not about uh, physically walking away as no. such, because a lot of times, like you say, with your family, um, because they are close to you, right? You don't want to lose the family. Mm-hmm. And with a friend, you don't necessarily want to lose that friendship. However, when we're looking at this, the, the self-respect, what, what we're talking about here, if I could reframe it in a different way, mm-hmm. and that is you've got to practice detachment. Now, detachment is not a bad word. It's simply, um, you're simply creating a respectable space between yourself and the other person. Therefore, you can actually, um, so let's say this is the negative person as it was, or my friend, I don't want to lose the friendship, but I know she's negative all the time, right? And I feel drained because my emotions will tell me this is not good for me. And so I am creating that respect, respectable space between myself and, and Tiffany. And when Tiffany is having a lot of trouble and talking about how bad life is and so on to her, and she feels very upset about things, I can still assist her by listening and clarifying her thoughts and then asking her enabling questions um, uh, to help her. But if I take, so I, in other words, I observe the emotions, but I don't absorb it. And that's the difference. The difference about practicing detachment is that I observe it, but I don't absorb it. Because if I absorb it, it becomes mine, and that's why I feel heavy. I'm, I can be, Tiffany could be one of the, the, the people. So in the terms of self-respect and self-care, I need to actually detach. Yeah, and recognize she's an emotional hijack, but I don't have to be, because I'm not absorbing that. Yeah. So can we just have one more, uh, simply because then we will give you more strategies as we go on. My, my question is relating this to work, mm-hmm. okay, not, at, not personal. Say you have a, a, work, just buddy, a bit closer, yeah. work buddy in your team. Yeah. Um, we've had this happen numerous times in uh, APAC, and there's been a nominated person that goes out and has coffee with them and that sort of thing, tries to get to the bottom of it. But ultimately, it lies with the hierarchy, does it not, to... Um, to sort this out? Yeah, well, it could be. It could be from the hierarchy. That is one aspect that they need to address it. But from your own sanity and your own interaction as person, at your level, 
this is what we advocate, and that is that we respond, we can listen to them, uh, we, can, we don't have to match their emotions, we detach from their emotions and go up to our head and ask enabling questions and all that. It's all the strategy for our, our own preservation and self-care. The hierarchy might address it from a different perspective, which is from the hierarchy's perspective. Because this could affect the team. Of course it can, it can, so of course. So then this, this becomes a team problem so okay. Then. Can I just let, let yeah. just just let us um, just go on to the drama triangle, because the drama triangle is what is the next thing. <laughs> because you, you, know, you know, Linda very very you know sort of like uh, alluded to this, and that is that it can affect the whole team. Now, when somebody who is actually have a, have a heavy load of emotional baggage, they are in effect, therefore, they actually develop uh, a, a victim mentality, right? The world is against me. Everybody is against me. Why I have to put up with this, but I don't, you know, I just don't know what to do with it, and I carry this big uh, baggage, and all I can do is to um, dump it on other people so that they understand what I'm going through. But nobody really understands what this person is going through. So they actually develop a victim mentality. Now, let me just, I need to have three chairs. So this can be one of them. Yep, so anybody Catherine, got an empty chair? Yep, okay. Oh, yeah. I might end up asking you to support us in this exercise. And I need to have somebody, I need to have three people to come out here, Catherine, please. Catherine, would you mind Just come here? out here. It's not, it, it's, um, Lloyd, would you be willing to come up, please? So let's say, um, let's say that um, Stay there for a watch, uh, Catherine, Catherine is going to just hold up that that here, which is the victim, right? Okay. You got You got Maybe you got to so that people Thanks, can Francis. see. Yeah. Now um, let me see. Let me say this, and uh, let's say that this person is saying everything bad is happening to me. Work is under satisfactory. Family relationship is just. Just not. Um, I just don't know how to go, how to deal with that. And um, and then when I come to work, my manager is always finger pointing at me. Right? The manager might not be doing any of that. Right? It's just that that is the victim mentality. Now the person who has developed the victim mentality, they are not aware because this is the sub subconscious model. They are actually not aware that they are in that. So because they are constantly uh, the RAS, like we said, the RAS will be focusing on who, on who is picking on me now, who is picking on me next, you see? So because the RAS is up for somebody to pick on her. Okay, then it has to be persecutor. Now this happens to be, at this particular uh, situation, there has to be a manager, Lloyd. So <laughs> Lloyd might be saying that, well look, could you please make sure that the fluent balance chart is, 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 is up to date before you go off duty, please, right? That is what Roy said. But the victim, remember, the RAS is up for, somebody's against me. Oh my God, here he is, I picked an, uh, pick one. There has to be the manager, hierarchy. Oh, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm having a ball here. So I will always have somebody who is picking on me. So then Lloyd will finger point, just finger point, point please. Finger. Thank oh. you, Lloyd. Now there will, always nice be, but there will always be somebody who is the rescuer. <laughs> now haven't we got a rescuer in all of us being nurses? Yes, I say, I say, I say. Well, anyway, so here is the rescuer. Oh my God, it's more than one. Come over here, just stand by the side, just back her up, back her up. Colin, back her up. Well, there might be a, a small uh, talk show here. Could you back up, back up, back up, come and just back them up, right? So here are the onlookers. Now, the victim here, 
saying, oh, he's finger pointing at me. I got to go and talk to someone. Baggage and all, take my baggage, please. <laughs> baggage and all. If you right. could take your baggage, please, Catherine. Take baggage off. Just going over there. <laughs> Talk to one of them and let oh, them know. That feels better. What? Let them know how you've been picked on. How bad is you, it? How Catherine? bad is it? Right. And the rescuer, of course, <laughs> put your arm back. I put your arm around her. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. the way. Nice now, moral support. Well, there. that is not fair, isn't it? Hey? It's not fair. Well, you know. Yeah, you're pointing. You're pointing. Well, you know, he's done that. He's done that to me before. He's done that already, right? Right. So this just immediately that you are feeling kind of a sense of victim victimization, all of them, right? And then now, they are now talking about Lloyd in an unfavorable way. So now, all point your finger at Lloyd, please. All of you, think uh -oh. right? So who is the victim now? Lloyd. Lloyd. My God. That's the way. No, now, so, so, so Loy is now, if, if Loy feel that tension, feel that because the, you, you started ignoring him or saying that, yeah, okay, but not do it or whatever it is. So what happened to the patient care? That is going to go down because you are so involved in, in this drama triangle and not even knowing that you're in it because it is a subconscious model. So what happened is that because you are there, and if Lloyd were to have a sense of victimhood, then in this victimhood, with this victimhood mentality, he is going to grab other people. Could you come up here, please? And you've got to stand oh, by, because, because you are the rescuer, see? <laughs> come on in. That's um, the way, thanks, So ladies. can you see how the team if, if the team buys into this sort of behavior or drama, the team is going to split. Or right? your family or your friendships. Like yeah. it applies in lots of places. It, in it life. applies to your personal life as well as your professional life. Now, the thing is that Loy uh, has got a promotion. He's gone to Brisbane. So you yeah. go. <laughs> He's gone to Brisbane. And Francis, Francis has left as well. Right? She's moved to another department or whatever. Right. Now, she went to then, Fiji. then we have new staff. Anne, could you come to be a new staff, please? Yep, come Mary and be Louise. a new staff. Now, then, then there's new staff. Now, new staff and new, new grads, whatever, might be, might be here. Just walk out of the door. They love to, they love to join this team and so on Thank and so you. forth. But then they suddenly, they, they walk, as soon as they walk into the ward, they feel this tension. You know, some people say that a tension is so palpable, you can cut it with a knife. They feel that tension, but they don't know where it's coming from, right? It's so stressful, so heavy. And then they might say to the, the, the staff, you know, what's happened? What's happened here? Nobody knows. Because the people have left, but the tension remains. So see, you can see, you can see how destructive it is. So the anxiety, which is within that cycle, is rampant. Yeah? They, and of course, anxiety is linked up with fear. So they don't know what they're fearing about. So the RAS started saying, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. It's got to be something I have, to, I have to be anxious about, but I don't know what it is. So let's look for it, oh. right? So this is, you know, so that then that, um, that reinforces that effect, mentality, mindset, and everybody is sort of like feeling the energy drain. So 
the thing is that you're quite right. Some of your strategies say that, well, I can walk away, I can just give myself rest time and so on. And if we were to look after ourselves first, then we gain clarity because we are not in here, you see. If we look after ourselves, we can hear, we can see, we can, you can recognize the big picture, and then it's more likely we're not going to buy into the drama triangle. And you guess what? There are many triangles going in your workplace right, right now. And home. And, and home. In your and social life, yeah. in your life in general. Because, you know, our society loves drama. You turn the television on, you know, you're sitting in a hairdresser, you look at the magazine, it's all drama. Yeah? So they, they, we, our society actually thrive on drama. So be very aware of that. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't turned on the television for eight years because I know what they're feeding us. And, and sometimes, you know, when you are tired and vulnerable, you, you have absorbed it before you ever actually know it. And it becomes ours, you know? And a lot of television shows and, and drama stories in magazines and newspapers and so on, they are designed to, to um, stir your emotions. But unfortunately, they're negative emotions and make you feel angry, you know, being unfair, being treated and all that. So be aware of all that. Part of understanding the drama triangle, um, the reason is that I find it beneficial to understand it and see it in action yeah. like that, is that then you'll begin to see it where it is in your life, whether it's at work or at home or otherwise. And as far as your self-care goes, in that space, if you're, if you're in the drama triangle and you're finding yourself either being the victim or the persecutor or the rescue, wherever it is, anywhere in the drama triangle is actually very energy draining, very time consuming, and certainly is taking your mind off the important stuff, like the core stuff, generally. And so as a self-care, as an awareness, and matching that to self-care, it's understanding that when you step out of the drama triangle, then you can, be, you can think clearly again. You can think, what do I need actually in, in, you know, at any given time? How am I going to address myself, take care of me? Um, I see it often, people are very, um, when I'm coaching, you know, people say, oh, everything's a drama, I don't, I don't even know where to begin, life is just like chaos. And often there's a drama triangle happening and then making them aware of that so that they can step out of it. it just emotionally, like Jot was saying, detach from it. It's not that you don't respect where people are at, not that you can't hear them, not that you don't support them in asking them questions. Um, it's about being able to detach from it so that ultimately you then become autonomous again for you so that you can then self-care for you. So that when that drama triangle is happening, you still know who you are, where your boundaries you know, where they end and where you begin, so that you have the clarity of mind to continue being you, self-caring, and having the life that you want, outside of that. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I think I would fail to see anything that's healthy, or sustainable, or functional, or resourceful, or at a cause level in a drama triangle, and so it becomes a choice. Do I stay in it, and is that serving yeah. me? Is that what I really want for me? Is it supporting my self-care? Is it getting me where I want to go? or is it not? And again, we just come back to that choice. Everything is about choice all of the time. Hmm. So with that awareness, I'm hoping that that will, yeah, just give you another way of looking at that type of a situation so that you can identify who you are in that, if you're in it, and if you're out of it or if you need to be out of it um, to, su to support yourself and be in a place of hmm. cause. Hmm. Hmm. So um, 
so really it's, it's the awareness exercise and uh, remembering that the people who are in the drama track, they are not aware of, of what's happening, but now you're more aware, so then you have a choice. You have a choice uh, to think differently. Uh, oh, It is often um, a very unconscious experience, so often people don't realise that they're in it. Um, and it just sort of happens. That's just the way it is. You know, that's our culture or our, you know, yeah. the way, the culture that's been decided in a, in a group. Yeah. Um, and it happens sort of unconsciously, uh, often. And so that's why we're wanting to bring your awareness to that type of situation so you can be more conscious about it, make a different choice. Mm -hmm. And um, the next slide here that, uh, yeah, is a, is, a, is a concept which is difficult to do. Uh, if, um, so the question is if, if we realize that if we don't take things personally, what will be a new consequence? If you don't take things personally, that will be a very different world, won't it? If people don't take things very personally. And that taking things personally has a lot to do with whether we look after ourselves or not. Because when we, when we are... Um, uh, not caring for ourselves first, then, you know, like tired, not enough sleep, not enough nutrition and good food and all that kind of stuff, then um, we're in a vulnerable place. Then everything seems to be against us. Not intentionally, because you not, intrinsically you might not be, you might think to yourself, but I'm not a negative person and I want to become a positive, positive attitude and thinking and so on and so forth. Yeah. And we can, they can be done. This is one other thing. Avoid taking anything personally. There is a very good book called The Fall Agreement. Anybody heard of that? The, uh, four, four, the Fall Agreements. It's talking about one of the things that is very high, much highlighted is that avoid, uh, don't take anything personally. Because it says that anything um, that a person might project onto you is their stuff. It's not about you. It's about them. It says more about them. It could be their expectations of what they think you should be doing, could be doing, would be doing, if they had their choice around your behaviours. When I was talking to you about making changes and choosing yourself, choosing self-care, you may get some pushback about that. You may get some resistance or find that people are not so keen on it. And that can often feel very personal. It can feel like, um, uh, you know, often that brings up guilt, that oh, I can't change because it upsets other people or other people have an expectation that I will always be there for them and always give them what they need before me. And so, the, uh, and so, and that becomes very personal. And so their words may sound quite friendly, if you like, or that, that, that uh, resistance may feel normal or usual. Um, it's that part where we believe it and we take it on and we decide that you're right. They get the chocolates and I don't get the chocolates because I don't want to upset them and I don't want to feel guilty. We take what they're saying, we believe that that's personal to us, that we should be doing that uh, rather than um, putting our self-care first. So it's again having an awareness that it really is you first. Yeah. And then other people's thoughts and opinions and wishes and wants and expectations of you um, are not personal to you unless you wish them to be. Um, and then making your choices, taking your actions, and finding the words in a place where self-care comes first for you. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, if you have a chance to actually get that book, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot in, uh, in it, and it's, um, it's ancient um, philosophy and teaching. Uh, it's called uh, Four Agreements. I, I, I wonder if it's in the uh, interesting reading. The recommendation, really, but it's it's called the Fall Agreements, and uh, with uh, Miguel oh. Rush, yes, Michelle Gracia, and um, 
Yeah, the four agreements. And uh, the others, uh, don't, uh, um, don't take it personally, and um, yeah, and, and uh, there are other three as well, and yeah, it, it gives you a lot of insight. Um, and um, yeah, that, that, is, that, is, um, that is what we cultivate and um, is not, doesn't happen open, overnight. But any, anything that we, we discuss today is nothing that you've never heard before because deep in your psychic, you would have heard about it before. You would have known this. It's just to bring it up to the forefront. And like, like you say, little, little things uh, count. If you change one or two things, you're actually short-circuiting. Um, and Those start changing, uh, changing your life and, and, and dealing with external situations much better, much more effectively, much more effectively, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, this is an interesting ex exercise I want you to do and that is people inspire you or they drain you and you pick them, you pick them. So there's exercise that uh, Tiffany asked you to do. So there's an... Uh, it applies in different situations, but essentially the five people that you hang around with the most are kind of the person, you know, show, show me who the... So if you had your five friends and yourself in front of me, talking to your friends, I would get a sense of who you are. In a monetary sense, the idea is that the five people that you hang about with uh, determine your level of wealth that you will eventually, you know, that you may reach because, at that, because well, I don't know, I guess the psychology of it somehow. And so... Also, the five people that we hang with, the people we listen to, the people we talk to, the types of conversations we have, my curiosity is around, are those people, those conversations, those interactions, are they draining you or are they inspiring you? And so what I'd love you to do is write the, the, the five people that you hang around with most, so just pop their names down and just put next to them, are they inspiring you or are they draining you? Do that first, please. Okay, so that's just something for you to ponder. We won't, um, we won't take that one any further today. Just ponder who you're hanging out with, whether they're on your team, whether they support you to self-care and take care of you and have the, have the life that you'd like. The last thing, the last slide that we have before we go to lunch, and I realise that we're very close to that, is that the gratitude is something that's talked about a lot these days, being grateful for what we have, um, and being consistently grateful. It's certainly a success strategy. Uh, there's some research done at UCLA that showed that those that were grateful and focused on what they were grateful for and literally wrote it down were happier people and they enjoyed life more and they were more successful financially. So gratitude is certainly uh, something to adopt and, and to focus on in your life. If you're going to be in a cause mindset, then uh, gratitude would definitely be in there. I've chosen the word thankful as opposed to gratitude today, because I'm wanting to encourage you to thank yourself for the times when you actually put yourself first. So when you take that 10 minutes out, or you don't eat the bag of chips, or you have a walk on the beach, or you skydive, give the chocolate, whatever it is, when you're eating your chockies yourself, I want you to say thank you to you. It's lovely to be grateful for all those external things as well. And I want to add to that, thank you to you, saying the word thank you, that the validation, fundamentally as human beings, we want to be validated. 
when it comes to our mind and our brain and our um, emotions, the most important person that we can receive validation, gratitude, thankfulness and appreciation from is ourselves. When someone else tells, tells, says, you know, thank you, you've done a great job, your emotions and your brain goes, that's great, thanks very much, and it feels really good. When you do it for yourself, it actually builds your self-esteem exponentially, way beyond when somebody else tells you. So it's self-appreciation. So I'd like you to encourage... I'd like to encourage you to be thankful to you every time you take a small step in relation to your self-care and towards you. Mm. Say mm. thank you. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, yeah, I'm, yeah. So I'd we, like to we say thank you for, for being, being here. here. Yeah, well, yeah. Thank, yeah. You. thank you very much.